The Dallas Stars kept themselves busy over the weekend with games on Saturday and Sunday, and they went one and one in both those matchups. And on today's show, we will break down Saturday's game in San Jose, Sunday's game in Seattle. And then to close out the show, we will talk about what on earth is wrong with the Stars power play. All coming up on this Monday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media coming to you on this Monday, April 4th. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars and for making us your first listen of the day be sure to hit that subscribe button on youtube at the time of recording we are at 195 subscribers help us get to 200 and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform go ahead and hit that follow button and leave a rating and review if you like what you hear but without any further hesitation let's get right into today's episode talking about the action over the weekend for the stars it all started on saturday night with game three of the four game at west coast road trip in san jose in the Shark Tank Joe Pavelski, another homecoming for him, uh, playing in the same building where he played for several, several seasons as a member of the Sharks organization. And this is a game where the Stars came out strong and, you know, really forced the issue early in the game, but had to escape with the win when it was all said and done. But nonetheless, a win is a win, especially given what happened on Sunday night. Uh, I'm sure the Stars very happy to get two points out of that game and get a solid overall regulation Win. They had a four to one lead at the end of the first period. The Stars actually surrendered the first goal of the game, and uh, it was fairly early in the game. I believe it was about two minutes into the matchup, and things maybe looked a little bit bleak for the Stars, like they might be in trouble for the majority of the game. But then the Stars came roaring back, and they put their foot on the gas pedal for the remainder of that period. We saw Vlad Nemestikov get his first goal as a Dallas Star. We saw, you know, Coach Bonus pull. Uh, Scott Wedgwood from the net with about two and a half seconds left in the first period to for a six on five. And we, the Stars actually ended up scoring. Jason Robertson nets a goal to put the Stars up four to one. Uh, just a really crazy offensive barrage. We saw Tyler Sagan whiff on a shot that Yanni Hockenpah then, I guess, rebounded. I don't really know what you say. He picked up the, the, the whiff shot and just sent an absolute bullet into the back of the net past Capo Kakinen, who was eventually pulled and replaced with James Reimer uh, later in the game. So uh, I feel like the Stars have done that a few times this season and Capo Kakinen not having the easiest time getting his feet settled in San Jose since getting traded from Minnesota. But speaking of Tyler Sagan, he did have three points on the game, three assists. The Stars' top line was in their peak form. Every guy on the line recorded at least two, or they all recorded two points, so six points total. And of course, one of Joe Pavelski's points being a goal. He finally gets a goal in one of his games back in San Jose. He has now scored against every NHL franchise, uh, you know, 
pretty cool list to be on. I mean, several guys in the history of the league have done it, but really awesome that Joe Pavelski is now on that list because who knows how many more games he's going to get playing uh, against the Sharks. I mean, you'll, you'll get a hand f- handful, especially next year, whenever he does come back with his new contract. But, you know, better to get it now than to leave it up until the last second of his career. Really awesome in one of his returns. And Scott Wedgwood, I mentioned him a second ago. He did fine. Uh, he did surrender that early goal, but then he played pretty well for the remainder of the first, second, and most of the third. But then the Sharks started getting a little bit more aggressive later on, and he started to show some of the cracks in his armor. It's 24 saves on 28 shots in total. And, you know, I say that all, you know, kind of recapping the game to kind of jog your memory on it because we have watched another game since then with the Seattle matchup. But it was really encouraging early on to see the Stars take that lead. I mean, I feel like we just haven't seen very many blowouts for the Stars this year, or at least, you know, a game where they win by maybe three goals or even two goals. Sometimes those games are hard to come by this season. And uh, thankfully, they played so aggressively in the first and built that lead. It allowed them to slow down and kind of play more Dallas Stars hockey. I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening on podcasts. But, you know, it allowed them to play a little bit more conservatively and a little bit more defensive minded, which is fine with a three goal lead against a team that is not making the playoffs. But I think they did get a little bit too comfortable in that position. And that's what allowed the Sharks to crawl back into this game and, you know, really be in it up until the last second. Thankfully, Jamie Benn makes a pretty sappy veteran play and just kind of holds the puck against the wall for like the last 15 seconds of the matchup. Probably pretty frustrating for the Sharks and their fans, but. I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're in the hunt for a playoff spot like the Stars are. So smart move by Jamie. Thankfully, them play the Stars playing conservatively didn't come back to bite them in the butt uh, like it probably you know could have and has it definitely has earlier in the season. So they built that lead. They were able to play a little bit more of their game. It kind of worked in the second period. Uh, not a whole lot going on in the second frame, but then by the third frame, uh, things started to get a little bit messy, a little bit out of control. But all in all, a win is a win, and this is the more positive part of today's episode because the next segment uh, is about the Seattle Kraken game. And then to close out the show, we're talking about special teams, which we'll throw a little bit of positive in there uh, because one side of the special teams for the Stars has been good and one has been bad. And uh, to give you a little bit of a hint, the Stars in this game against San Jose went 0 for 3 on the man advantage. So that's kind of a negative takeaway from this game. But all in all, a good performance. Good to see Scott Wedgwood still holding his own. Clearly not the performance that we saw from him in Carolina, but I don't know if we're going to get that performance from him really ever again this season or, you know, anything like it. I mean, that was an out of this world performance, but he still, you know, seems to hold his own and didn't crack under the pressure once he gives up that first goal early in the game. So that's encouraging to see. And of course, Jake Ottinger did get some much needed rest. uh, And then he looked really good on Sunday night, despite some of the other guys on his roster. uh, You can't really say the same about them to say the least, but we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk all about the Seattle Kraken Dallas stars matchup that took place last night after a quick break and a word from some of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by built bar. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with built Bars. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 2 to 300 calories. While most built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. All the flavors Built Bar offers are delicious, and there are new flavors coming out all the time. 
If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it will be delicious and good for you because at Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Jumping back into this Monday episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. Your host, Dane Lewis here at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. Be sure to give me a follow there as well as on the show's account at Locked on Stars. But we got to do it, folks. We talked about the good game in San Jose, the all-around team effort, three points from Sagan, six points from the top line. Yanni Hockenpah got a goal. Really good stuff all around. Scott Wedgwood, a, a solid performance, but we got to talk about Sunday's game in Seattle. That was pretty much the exact opposite. Uh, and, you know, I know in my my post-game reaction on Twitter and on YouTube, uh, I maybe sounded a little bit frustrated, and I think that was kind of the consensus from Stars fans. But then you kind of take a step back and you evaluate the situation, and you see that this is a team with the Stars that have been on the road, it feels like, for an eternity now. I mean, they had four home games in the month of March, and I believe nine or ten on the road. And then that even, you know, bled a little bit into April with the game in San Jose. And then, of course, last night's matchup against the Kraken being on the road. And they just look tired from the get-go. And not necessarily just from this road trip, but a team that has been physically and mentally tested for the past 30 days. I mean, that's just what it looked like. Uh, even from They you know, just looked a step behind the Seattle team, really in every facet of the game. And I think really the only reason that they were able to hang into this game is because of Jake Ottinger. And then, of course, also just the talent level. Uh, even with you know the Stars being just dead tired and worn out, they're still a more talented team than Seattle. Second night of a back-to-back as well. I mean, kind of going into this road trip, you would think that they could have potentially swept and gotten all eight points, but then you look at the back-to-back against a team like San Jose that can be a little bit pesky at times and be a sneaky good team still with some of the talent that they have. And then you, know, you look at Seattle, who's given some good teams trouble this year as well. But all in all, uh, an expansion team that's struggling to get their feet off the ground a little bit. But it's it's just been a tough stretch for the Stars, and I think it finally kind of caught out with them in this final game of the road trip, as unfortunate as it is. And it really showed on the defensive side of the ice, and even some on the offensive side, maybe the Stars getting a little bit too, I guess, greedy with how they were approaching the offense, especially late in the game, just allowing way too many breakaways and really putting Jake Ottinger to the test, which, again, thankfully, he was well-rested after letting Wedgwood play on Saturday, but we saw the shorthanded goal from Jared McCann to start, you know, to open up the scoring for the entire game. Ryan Donato got a short, uh, not a shorthanded, but a breakaway goal. Yanni Gord got a breakaway goal. It feels like pretty much every goal that Seattle scored outside of their empty netter at the end of the game came because of a breakaway opportunity. And of course, the shorthanded one is frustrating in its own right because the Stars are on the power play and the Stars went 0 for 3 on the power play in this game, just like they did against the Sharks on Saturday. So another night where the man advantage is really just a problem. Uh, And again, I've I've shifted now from being excited for the Stars to go on the power play to not really feeling anything to now. I'm, I'm nervous when we go on the power play. I'm more excited when the Stars go on the penalty kill at this point, which is insane. Hockey fans shouldn't have to feel that way. When your team goes on the five and four man advantage, you should feel optimistic that they have an opportunity to score a goal and gain some momentum, especially against a team like Seattle that has not been a very good, they haven't been a very good team, but they haven't really been a good special teams unit 
either. And so the defense, you know, they really were lacking again fatigue, but they also just can't catch a break when it comes to the personnel. Esselin Dell has been out for the past handful of games with, I believe, an upper body injury. I personally don't know the details of it because uh, hockey injuries are just a mystery. I don't think many people outside of the locker room and organization know too many details. So, of course, he's one of the premier penalty killers for the Stars. Thankfully, the Stars have not committed too many penalties over the last several games. Uh, otherwise, his presence you know, may be missed even more or lack of presence. But hopefully we will see Essel and Dell back on the ice sometime soon. And then Yanni Hockenpah was supposed to play Sunday in Seattle the day after scoring uh, his first goal against an actual goalie in San Jose. His goals before that all had been empty netters at the end of games. He was supposed to play, but then in warm-ups, he took a puck to the face and had to miss. Andre Sekera had to slot in at his spot in the lineup. And so just a tough go-around with you know fatigue, tiredness mentally, physically, but also some last-second lineup changes and also missing probably a top three defenseman on the team. I would go Miro, Klingberg, Essa, as far as the way I would rank at least the top three defensemen. Everyone else after that, uh, I guess they can fight for that fourth spot. So you have to take that into account as well. I think that once this team finally has the defensive unit back in one solid piece that, you know, they probably won't be giving up as many breakaways as they did in this game against Seattle. Hopefully they can learn that lesson uh, because if you give up those kind of breakaway chances to good teams, they're going to score way more than three goals. And they, the Seattle Kraken probably should have had more. But again, we have one of the best goalies in the league and Jake Ottinger between the pipes for the stars in that matchup. And thankfully he kept the stars in this game. He gave them a fighting chance up until the third period when the stars were actually back in it two to one with the under five minutes. It looked like we were going to be telling the story of another epic stars comeback, but then the defense just has a lapse in judgment. And of course, uh, Yanni Gord gets that breakaway goal to put the Kraken up three, one and pretty much put things out of reach at the, that point and then you look around the league and you see that the vegas golden knights also played on sunday and beat the vancouver canucks but a stars win against the kraken would have moved the stars back into that second wild card spot but instead they can't take control they can't get the win they just can't get things done that they needed to to close out this road trip and so they're now again on the outside looking in of this playoff spot and the closer we get to the end of the season the closer that that matchup between the stars and golden knights it's getting more and more important as the days pass by because that that game is inevitable and it's going to happen and i imagine it's going to be this similar situation of one team is in one day and then it switches the next and it's flip-flop snip snap snip snap uh call me michael scott there but you know huge opportunity for the stars to stay in that wild card spot with a vegas loss or excuse me, not a Vegas loss because they beat the Canucks in overtime. But, you know, even with the Vegas win, the Stars would have also gotten the win and surpassed them. But now they're kind of back at square one, if you will. And, you know, the circumstances going into this game are tough. I understand, you know, who am I to to judge these professional hockey players for being tired after a month of traveling? But it was just a big opportunity. And I figured just with the, the veteran leadership on this team that we could have maybe seen the boys rally for one more game on the road before getting Monday off and then getting back to it on Tuesday against the Islanders, but just wasn't meant to be. The Stars are a better team than the Seattle Kraken. They will get to play them one more time this season at home. They will be looking to win the season series against them then, but of course they won't be looking forward to that game until it's actually the day of and on their calendar. This team needs to focus on the next game at hand. So a frustrating loss, a disappointing loss, one that I wish could be reversed. And the Stars have the opportunity to claim that wild card spot still and take advantage of the opportunity and sweep the four game road trip. Because all in all, 
it, it, this game was disappointing, but the road trip in general was successful. You get the two wins in Anaheim. You get that win in San Jose. You get six points out of eight. That's not bad at all. Just kind of a, a bitter taste in the mouth to close out what was otherwise a pretty successful road trip. But the season's still not over. The Stars still have a fighting chance and are still very much in the thick of things. They just need to pull it together and win some others of these big games at home down the stretch and even some big ones on the road because there are some massive matchups on the road coming up still later in the season in Vancouver, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, you name it. So still a lot on the line, still a lot of time left, even though time is slowly becoming more of an issue. There's still a good amount of it left and still plenty of games left for the stars to make a statement and get into the postseason. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Bet Online. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the final two teams in the NCAA tournament. We got Kansas and North Carolina coming up tonight to determine the college basketball national champion. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. The Stars special teams, folks, what a story it has been this season. Both the penalty kill and the power play didn't look great to start the year, but then the power play rose like a phoenix from the ashes to to seem to be saving the star season you look back at that win streak in late november early december and that's all that the stars really were was good goaltending good defense and a really strong man advantage but now the power play has disappeared and it's been a story for the past few weeks but even more so on this road trip i mean it was abysmal on this four game west coast trip they had 10 power play opportunities and they scored one power play goal they went one for 10 in their last four games on the road. And if you look even wider in the entire month of March, the Stars went 8 for 40, which was 23rd in the entire National Hockey League. And this is a team that I think got up into the top three at one point in power play percentage and how the mighty fall. And this is a terrible, terrible time for this to be happening because the Stars' 5-on-5 offense, as we also know, has not been great this season. And there haven't really been any stretches where there's been a moment where it looks like you know that they have some potential the the five on five offense has stayed about the same a pretty flat line throughout the year but there was moments where we thought the power play was our saving grace but now it seems to be our demise i mean there, there were you know it's what made dallas so threatening earlier in the year but now it's just become a liability i mean you see jared mccann's score that shorthanded goal completely unnecessary just sloppy play bad zone entries, terrible puck management in the offensive zone. And these defenses, these shorthanded format defenses are pouncing on it and taking advantage of it and just making the stars look silly. It looks like a three on three overtime set out there when it should be five on four with, you know, for at least a minute of it, the best top line in the NHL and two of the better defenders in the NHL, pretty underrated defenders in Klingberg and Miro Haskin, and it just doesn't make sense to me, especially against a team like Seattle. And this whole road trip, I mean, you look at the special teams for these teams, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, not very good penalty-killing teams 
and the stars probably should have been at least 50% on this road trip, if not better. Thankfully, the penalty kill has been outstanding. I, I don't think they allowed a single power play goal or maybe just one on this past road trip. So, I mean, that's good. And they also, the stars in general, are just not committing as many penalties, which is also a positive. That's, you know, on the other side, I guess, of special teams, something that you want to see from your team going into the final stretch and eventually the postseason. Uh, giving up too many penalties in the postseason can absolutely kill a team's momentum and just kill a team in general and, and make them dead in the water, especially against some of the better competition that the stars would likely be playing in the first round of the playoffs in either the Calgary Flames or the Colorado Avalanche. You cannot give them a plethora of penalty opportunities there because they will make you pay for it and they will make you pay for it hard and, and you're not going to be able to come back, especially a team like Dallas who's been lacking on offense all season. So it's always just flip-flopped with this team. I feel like you know if the power play ever does come back, then we're just going to see the penalty kill take a massive hit uh, and it's just going to dip back down. Statistically, it's like either one or the other and for some reason, the Stars are just stuck on the defensive side of things right now although it would be fantastic to see the power play come back into its own. And I just don't really know what the problem is because it's the same coaching staff, same personnel. I, I don't know if it's a mental thing or if they're if the stars are too overconfident going into these power plays and they just make too many mistakes and they're not focusing on it. Uh, but I would not complain if the stars never went on the power play again for the rest of the season because, as I said, I'm now nervous for two minutes when they're on the power play rather than being excited for two minutes because oh, my team should have an opportunity to score a goal and take advantage of this team that committed a dumb penalty that they probably shouldn't have committed. But now I got to worry about Jared McCann storming down the ice with the puck, scoring on my goalie whenever his team only has four men on the ice. It's frustrating. And maybe with the month of March, it's being on the road for too long. Maybe the key is playing the majority of the rest of your games this season at home. Hopefully that's the case. If, if you're going to a Stars game and you're there in person, got to bring the energy and got to give the support to the Dallas Stars. Maybe that's the key. They've just been missing all the fantastic Stars fans in the building, and they've been saving all their power play late season magic for the hometown fans. That's my theory, at least at the moment. Uh, I'll continue crafting that theory, and we'll, we'll continue to watch this power play struggle on and hopefully rise from the ashes yet again to help push the Stars to the playoffs but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on stars thank you again for making us your first listen of the day be sure to hit that subscribe button on youtube again we are oh so close to 200 subscribers and you can help us get there by simply hitting subscribe it's free you can also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform also 100 free remember we are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen be sure to give me a follow on twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis and at locked on stars. That is the Twitter account for this show. Join us on tomorrow's show as we will be previewing the season finale between the Dallas stars and the New York Islanders. It's all going down at the AAC Islanders have not been to Dallas in quite some time and the stars will have revenge on their mind as they last lost to the Islanders when they met up back at the end of March, but we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. Can't wait to see their stars fans have a great Monday.